Ah, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Basketball Brains. We're back. Episode four, four right? now? Yeah, yeah we're really, damn. We've been doing this for shit. a month. Are we on, we're going to keep going. We're going to stay focused. We're definitely on some shit, bro. I'm excited about this one. Uh, I think this- We got a good one for you, too. Yeah, this episode is really going to be lit. Like, um, got a lot of content for y'all. Um, a lot of different I'm gonna give you a warning right now. Give you warning right now. Y'all might want to turn, turn your volume down. I'm saying, turn your volume down so I don't hurt your ears. Headphone <laughs> users, beware. Yeah, because well, you, you already know I normally curse just because um, I don't give a fuck. So you know that's just how it is. Um, sure but enough. I think we might see a different side of Mike tonight. So definitely, our little pre-show meeting was a little uh, hostile. So. We might as well dive into it, Mike. Like, well, actually, no, no, wait, no, no, wait. But before we dive into it, let me hear how you've been doing this week, Mike. You been all right? I've been good, man. I'm I'm glad to have basketball around, even though my Knicks stressed me out. I'm glad to be able to watch games and, and have have a have a bozo like you to debate basketball. With. <laughs> how you doing? How you doing this week, bro? Bro, uh, I'm all right, man. Uh, uh, you know, the week has been good. My team's have won. Sixers won. Uh, we'll get into that later. That was exciting. Um, and then uh, my birds won this past weekend, uh, so that was good. And, you know, they were in New York. They won in your they won in your state, bro. Emphasis on the bird part. But oh my god, shut up, <laughs> bro. They beat the Bills, bro. bro they were five and two, bro. They were five and one, bro. I understand, but check who they played before that. <sighs> and check who the Patriots playing. Yet we still glorify them. But that's neither here nor there. Let's dive into our content. First up, let's let's highlight these rookies. We're three weeks into the season. What? No, sorry. Uh, two and a half weeks into the season. Sorry. No, I think we're only like one and a half weeks. It's only yeah. It's only been like no, it's been like two weeks now. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. It has been like two. Well, when we're recording this, yeah, it's like it's been like two weeks. So, um, let's just you know give a little how we're feeling about these guys. Um, just an overview. And the first guy we're really going to um, talk about and, and, and glance over is R.J. Barrett, this Knicks kid. The rookie um, of the year leader in the clubhouse. You said, right you said what? He's the odds-on favorite, the Vegas favorites to win rookie of the year. That's facts. Okay. I'm just telling you. Just so you know. Thank you for that information, Mike. We really yeah, needed so that. Know, and at the at the bottom of the list after me was Matisse Thybul. But we'll get to him in a few minutes. <laughs> You're such a so. fucking hater. Bro. You're <laughs> such a fucking hater. But I bet you Matisse Thybul will strap RJ. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see when the time comes. But yeah. Oh yeah. He got quiet there. Because uh, bro, he's a good defender. But I'm not that impressed me. I've seen defenders before. RJ hasn't. <laughs> Uh, oh, 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 okay. Not yet. I'm just saying. Exactly. It's only been four games. How, how many good defenders could they possibly face? Exactly. It's only been four and games. He was cooking on Remember Marcus that. Smart. Keep actually. that same energy, Michael. Smart, Michael, keep that same energy. It's only been Marcus four Smart, games. It's cooking. only been four games. He was cooking on Marcus Smart. Keep actually. that same fucking right. energy, Mike. So, so we got RJ Barrett. And so far this year, he's been nothing short of phenomenal, spectacular. He looks like a phenom out there on the court. Um, oh. right, right now, he's averaging 18 points, six and a half rebounds, three assists, 48% from the field, and 42% from three, even though he can't shoot, apparently. Um, he's, he's a, doing, a shooter now? That's not what I'm saying. But the one knock on RJ was he can't shoot, and he's shooting 42% right now. Um, I know it's early. The number probably dropped, but that's still a lot better than anyone would, would have gave him credit for coming to the season. Sure. Um, against who was that? Against the Nets, game two, he had six steals, so he's defending at, at a better level. Um, all, all biases aside, though, he's, he is defending better than I thought he would be. And I, I, like, I honestly was not too confident in him and if his game would translate when he came to the NBA. Um, but so far, I've been surprised. Like, he's honestly transitioned really smoothly so far, and it's really impressed me. Um, and i just like to see where he goes from here. But I know Billy has some <laughs> – idiotic opinions that are not really aren't really based in statistical fact or reason oh, but really? uh, I'll, okay. I'll give him a, i'll give him a chance to defend his his <laughs> blasphemous takes right now somebody's been watching a little 
too much first take first. Secondly, um, I don't, you know, I'm not insanely high on RJ. I don't think he's trash, but I think he's going to be a middle-level type of player. I think he's going to be a run-of-the-mill average guy. What is run of the mill, um, what's a run-of-the-mill guy stat line for you? His average stat line will probably majority of the time be 18, 19 points. So you think, wait, so you think what he's averaging right now, he's just going to plateau at age 19? He's not going to sustain that. Well, actually, he might just because he's allowed, He's going to be allowed to get a lot of shots off just because the Knicks have nobody and the offense can really just run through him. But when there's high-level guys on the floor and they get actual pieces like to win a championship, he's not going to get as many chances to score, and so his percentages are going to go down and he's going to score less. So essentially, it's going to look like he's staying stagnant, but in actuality, he's just losing shots because I mean, other you, guys you also need understand to take that he's, shots. He's 19 years old, and he's doing this off rip, like first game in the pros doing this. Not like that's that's right. something to glance over. I understand that, but I'm also taking into account that it's only been four games, and that right. But what? But what? Do you, not, what can you? I need use, to see more. What can you use against him to predict that? Like he's doing things that people haven't done before. For example, I got some some stats <laughs> for y'all for you for those of y'all who like who like facts and logic. Um, <laughs> Against the Chicago Bulls early this week, and a great a great win for my for my New York Knicks. Are sadly our only win so far. I will not comment on that. But right. RJ, RJ put up 19 points, 15 rebounds, five assists. According to Basketball Reference, he's the only teenager in NBA history to average to wait, to score 19, 15, and five in a single game, besides LeBron James. That sounds like an ESPN stat. Like that sounds like one of those stats that. That you just come up with out of thin air. I mean, he's the only teenager to score 19, 15, and 5. It's not that complicated. The second stat. 19, 15, and 5. Okay. 15 boards for a two-guard is ridiculous. Anyway. I think that's that's good, but it's not not like it's like. Oh, my God. For a two-guard? I'm saying it's good. But you got to also remember, he's not. His body type isn't shaped like a two-guard. He's like a three. Six, seven, bro. He's a he's like a three who plays the two. He's six seven. They're still they're, that means, bro. If he's six seven, that means there's at least three players on the other team that's taller than him at all times on the court. How tall is Bron? Six eight or six nine. And LeBron, so you talking like you're proving my point, Michael? I'm not proving your point. He's basically the same height as as LeBron James. Bro, you're talking about is, he's a two. Bro, he's the two same size as a two guard. Well, how bro? How what tall are you talking about? Rosen is six six. DeRozan's not an average two guard. Who's an, bro? Yes, it is an average two guard. We bro. First bro, of all, we're, six, we're playing the average five, six five. Positionless basketball, eight. and you know that. Oh, but that's oh my god! I'm not denying that, but what all I'm right. saying is his body type isn't a traditional. So fifteen, so 15 boards. All right, so fifteen boards for a three is not is not impressive. Still, when when you see fifty, like besides, like I saw Tobias Harris had one of those games, which is very impressive yeah. to me. Besides yeah. that, when you be seeing that all the time, you don't. Anywho, the second stat, another one from basketball reference. Only two players in NBA history have tallied at least 60 points, 15 rebounds, and five made three-pointers over their first three career games. Kevin Durant and R.J. Barrett. Michael, you're giving me stats based on four games. Are you serious right now? We also talking about – No, 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 Michael. Are you serious right now? You're giving me stats based on four games in the NBA, and he's played shit teams. He hasn't played shit. He's actually played all playoff teams, so you're an idiot. He played Brooklyn? Brooklyn's a playoff team? Brooklyn's a playoff team last year. Boston's a playoff team. San Antonio's a playoff team. And Orlando, the team that you love, is a playoff team. Orlando's, oh Orlando's the number one defense I'll in the NBA. All, Orlando's the number one I will defense give you in the NBA. All, I will give you Orlando. But the other two teams me, are borderline. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Borderline, wait, 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 borderline wait, wait. play. So you have borderline this, might be playoff teams. Wait, hold on. You have, wait, wait. Actually, if we go back to you, what you said in the first episode, you got the Spurs in your playoffs in the West. I do, but they're borderline. And you got, and you got the Celtics the as the four seed. That's why I said you borderline playoff teams. You got the as the four seed I said the borderline playoff teams. The Celtics I said borderline playoff teams. Borderline? I don't have the Celtics going at number four. You did, though. No, I didn't. Oh, like oh no, I did. You I did. did. All right. So that's my no, point. I had him at five. Hey, I had him at five. I had him at five, though. I had him at oh, five. That's borderline? That's borderline to you? That's borderline to you? I had five. I'm just saying. 
We're talking about good starts. I'm not saying this is – I'm saying that I think, based on what I've seen from him so far, that I'm impressed, and I think he can keep this up. What You're not giving me any reason as to why that isn't true. What I'm going to give you is a sample size of 10 games, right, of his college career. And these are 10 games of him uh, essentially playing in crunch time moments. And in those crunch time moments, <clears throat> he has 10 points, two assists, four turnovers, and four fouls. He was four for 20 from the field. He was one for eight from behind the arc. He was one for three from the foul line. And he missed, and this this all includes games where he uh, where he almost caused Duke the Florida State game uh, when he missed his free throw. And then he missed five shots in the final minute that caused Duke the Gonzaga Wait, game. I have a question. And his, and his dribbling, hold on, and his... And his dribbling too long that gave Duke zero chance in the final 30 seconds of overtime against Syracuse. All right. If we're going to talk about missing a free throw. Those are, ample, those are ample. Those are not, bro. Examples. You're not, you're, not, um, you're not taking into context in which the team in which that occurred. Half of those games, Zion wasn't there. The rest of that team, if we're talking about an NBA setting. But if wait, he's wait, supposed wait, wait, to wait, be wait, the wait, guy. Let me explain. Let me explain. And he's, let me explain he's to you playing. Let me explain to you and, and drafted top five in a lotto pick, yep. he should be able to take over a team. Am I right or am I wrong? He did take over a team. That's why he averaged a stat line that, that no rookie, no freshman has put up since Carmelo Anthony. There's a reason that he averaged wait, 22, wait, wait, 22, 7, and 4. You're also talking about a player who's, who's, whose best skill set is getting to the rim on the worst three-point shooting team on a – the worst thing about it, Duke was the worst three-point shooting team in Division in Division One basketball, or near it. When you have that, that yeah. means there's no court spacing, and on a smaller court, which means that when you drive, everyone is crashing. They're daring you to pass it out to those bummy shooters. So when that happens, so should we feel so? We should feel sorry for him because okay. his teammates weren't good. If, if your team, all right, all right. What do you expect to happen? You're the third overall pick, and what's he what a, doing? Michael, he's what's what's he doing pick. in the NBA? Oh, my What's God. What's in the NBA? Four games. Bro, right. You're harping on four games. Bro, because what did he play in the NBA so far? If I had more games to harp on, I would. What else am I supposed to harp on? I can't basically – I can't – first of all, four you want to say that's a year ago, right? And players develop, and they work with trainers and NBA coaches. There's a big difference between that and playing in college basketball. There's a big difference. But I, you're focusing on his physical attributes and his ability on the court. I know right. his abilities on the court, but I'm talking about more so the mental part of the game. When the games become what, How does the mental part of the game? Team, hold on. I'm talking about the mental part of the game. How? I'm talking about when the team becomes better and they get better pieces and they mature and he gets better and he's – He's on a better team. Is he going to be able to make the right decisions? Yes. And his time at Duke showed me that he's not good at doing Bro, that. If we, if we, when the if, ball if is we in his base, hand, if we base, at the last seconds right. of the game, he doesn't make good decisions, Michael. Bro, right or wrong? That's no. right or wrong. If we he base, can only go if by we're going to base, if we're going to base every single NBA player, if we're going to base every single NBA player of what they did in college, scouting reports will be out the window because That's we know they're hard accurate. We know they're oh, hard accurate. But we is that, okay. Is that what, is that okay. what we do? I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. Is he running? Wait, wait, And is it going to translate? Wait, wait. Is he running the same? Is, is he running the same system now that he's running at Duke? Yes or no? No. no. Is he with the same players he was at Duke? Is he a year older? Is he with a new coach with NBA trainers and NBA everything? No. So why are we basing it stuff up? You're saying stuff like that, like like that matters to me now. The NBA he's playing is an NBA, and he's doing Michael. And he's doing Michael. And he's what you're not understanding is that the, the NBA is harder. He's putting up the same numbers he's putting up in college against grown he men. He hasn't. He hasn't against grown hit men. adversity yet. Okay, bro. He hasn't hit adversity yet. I guess so. Mike, he's had adversity yet. No. Tell me what, what what adversity has he gone through yet? What is, it's the first four games. Are you fucking kidding me? What adversity do you expect him to hit, bro? What, what when he has to try and win a game by himself, when he's in crunch time and he has to take over a game, bro, and he's playing against guys, he's playing against guys whose IQs is higher than his, bro. You don't, do you understand what teams they have played? Do you really so think, far? That, do you really do you think that he's going to do that? What teams they have played so far? You're talking about IQ. Yes, they they played against Pop and um, Brad Stevens already. Mike, he was running season has just he was running You're point. talking about four games. You watch games. We're talking about four games. games. You watch the games. I don't need, need I didn't to watch, watch every game. Don't, yeah, say that. Game. don't say that. You need I to watch the games. Have an opinion. I watched a few of the games. I watched one of the games. I watched, I watched him quarter, play, when he was running point and bringing his team back every single game. I watched him play the same. Do you see? Do you see how bad they were when when he's not on the court? Do they? Do they? Do they not only have one win? 
What is okay? What is your point about RJ Barrett? What does that do with RJ Barrett? Tell me. You're talking Tell about me. how well he played, but it hasn't translated to wins. What do you mean? You're acting like bro. they got a winning record. Okay, bro. That's so ignorant, though. Because how? 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 Because Let me know. Bro, you are, he's a third overall pick, and you're harping about how well he's played, and they're one in four, bro. one in three. You understand what team he's on, right? Now you want to play dumb. I want to play dumb. You understand what team he's on. He's not going to – bro, he's averaging – bro, dude, the thing – oh, my God. He's averaging 26-4 and four as a rookie in his first four games. How much more do you want him to average? What did LeBron do? What did LeBron do? What did LeBron do? Bro, the way that you're talking about him, the way that you're talking about him, you're making it seem like he's the next incumbent. question. You said what? did LeBron do his rookie year? Did they win a lot of games? No. Okay. All right, so not just because you're a good rookie doesn't mean that you can carry a whole franchise on your back at age 19. But the way you're talking bro. about him is that he's is that he's this he's this next Michael Jordan. Bro, Donovan Mitchell had the same kind like, of rookie year. That's not what I'm talking about. I never said that. I said he's going to be a star. Do- Donovan Mitchell's a star. He put up the same kind of rookie year. Donovan Mitchell is exactly, a star, but point. Donovan Mitchell proved that he's a star. Okay, so give him time to prove it. But he had what I'm saying team. is the main barrier. What I'm saying is that the main barrier for R.J. Barrett. That's right. And I'll leave it at this. The main barrier for him is the mental part of the game. His IQ and making good decisions. And you can't deny the fact that his time at Duke, he made great decisions in close time. You cannot deny that. Last year, I care about what he does against NBA players. And that's what I'm going to say. If you don't, and and we could go back and watch the tape and watch what he does when they're playing him as point guard at age 19. In his first three or four NBA games, and he's running the offense, and the team is dramatically better when he's on the court, making the right reads when he's double teamed, finding the open guy, making the extra pass. He's doing all those things right now. But you know, this is the filling out period of the league. That's why okay. none of these games really I, I, matter, I, 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 matter, but they don't okay. matter. As I continue to say, Am I wrong or am I right? Am right. I wrong or am I right? So, all right. So, are, they, are these not fill out games? Are these not guys and, and coaches trying to figure out what teams are doing? What their system is, how they're running certain things, isn't that isn't that what they're well, doing how come, now? So how come every rookie is not doing that? How come every rookie is not doing that? So how come every rookie is not doing that? And first of all, the NFL there's no feeling out series. They are. Yes, sir. Every the first two. No. Hold on. Every game the first two weeks of the NFL. Stop. The first two weeks of the NFL, people are just trying to get tape on people. Yes, you kind of maybe have a a a very broad idea of what they're trying to run, but you don't know until you until those first two weeks of the season. The first week, for real, for real, is the majority, okay, you see what teams are doing. And then that second game, you look at the second game to really see the consistencies, what, the, what, their, what their tendencies are, and what they like to do. You, you look at two games. It's the same thing with the NBA. The first few games, the first few weeks, the first month is a, is a feeling out period. I'm not saying that this guy is complete trash. He's not. I just think he's an average he's player. Not an average and he's player. Only, he's gonna be average because of his IQ and his, his decision IQ, making. I just feel like you are saying that based on watching a few games at Duke and not his bigger oh like God. what about what about you're gonna ignore that, but what about when he was what about when he was scoring thirty eight against Team USA and carrying teams Team Canada against Team USA and cooking them? You're just gonna pick a few games out of a his college career? I don't know, that's, that's, an that's weird. That's, that's weird. That's you're talking about sample size. You're taking a small ass sample size too, in a weird, in a weird context when the star player of that team or the but that's the context that matters a lot. Wasn't there. So okay, so you're saying that RJ had trouble playing in crunch time situations because his better teammate wasn't there to help. He's him not out. helping him out when, bro. He. Do you want? I have a question. I have a question. So if there's, you're bro, saying he's not you know enough. basketball. You're not dumb. I know that. If, there's, if, you're, if, you're, if your main skill is driving to the rim, right, and you have Zion Williamson yeah. on your team, when they, can, when they can sag off Zion Williamson and crash four bodies to you, what, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think it's going to be easier for you to score or harder for you to score? It's harder, you're talking about the fact crunch as good time. as you who's say you are and you're good game? as you think who's you are. Who was the one, who's who's the one who's every single stat went up when, when Zion got hurt? He was, the, he was the one putting the them in those games to begin with. But, Mike, that's what happens when you're a high-caliber player and you're considered a quote-unquote star. When you're lacking in certain areas, you're responsible for making up and, and, and picking up the slack. I mean, and so if you don't do those things, you don't get right. to be called a star, right so or wrong. Name, because name. if LeBron James 
Hold on. If LeBron James didn't pick up the slack of his Cavaliers teams, we would look at him differently and not think of him as There's a star. There's a difference between a 19-year-old and someone who's in the prime of their career. I That's not the same thing. That. I understand that. I understand that. But at you, the end of the day, we're talking, we're talking about players that aren't living up to their standard of being a star. Right now. He is right now. He's averaging 26 and 4 as a 19 year old. He's living up to it right now. And you're not giving me a single right. reason besides what happened in college right. as to what's gonna as to why he's not gonna continue it. And you're not. Okay. Besides college, you're not giving me anything okay. based on how he's performed against NBA competition, okay. NBA players, and we NBA will bodies. see. I more tell. I don't have to really I don't have to talk because I know what RJ is gonna do. You don't know. He hasn't don't. he hasn't changed anything. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on. I want to talk about John Morant now. Um, oh, man. I wish, I don't know. I wish that they had more shooting um, because I really like his game. It's just fluid. And I think he's phenomenal off the pick and roll just because of his athleticism. Uh, I do think he has to work on the shot, though. I think yeah, he's going to have to um, shoot at a higher clip. I, I, I kind of am oddly enough. I don't. I literally just thought about this, but he kind of reminds me of like a bigger, taller, like Mike Connolly, for real, for real. like that type of game. Like you know how smooth Mike plays. Like that's the type of game that Ja and Ja Morant is efficient and always makes the right basketball play. Like I don't know. Is that a good comp? I think ja it's Morant a solid be better comp. than Mike Connolly. Um, well, I know, well I know that I know that, but I'm saying. I'm saying if Mike, I'm saying if Mike Conley was John Moran's height no. and had John Moran's athleticism, they'd be the same player. That's what that. I'm saying. Um, no, I've been really impressed with him so far, honestly. Um, I just think that when you're when you're this young in the NBA, like you're not gonna the consistency will come with age. Uh, it's rare that players have such consistency early on. Um, but when when you're this young and you're playing in your first couple of NBA games, like you're just looking for flashes of that it. Like so, people know you're legit. Um, and in a big game against a star, with what probably a top three point guard in the NBA, John Moran showed up. Um, that game against Kyrie really impressed me. Not only the way in which he scored, but he carried that team, taking the big shots, having the wherewithal in that game when he passed to not try to be the hero and understand the circumstances of what's around him, the basketball IQ, the the passes. I think the fact that even the, the aggressiveness on defense really impressed me. The fact that he tried to block Kyrie's shot to win, like a risky play. If you don't time that right, that's a foul and you lose the game. Um, I just think that he has star potential written all over him. Um, I, so far, I think like this draft class has potential to be really special. I think that those top three picks so far have all – I know Zion's hurt, which which sucks for the NBA right now. But what we saw in preseason, I think all three of those top three picks have a chance to be like really good players, star players. And I think this draft class has a lot can really live up to its potential right now. Yeah, man, I definitely agree. Um, but um, let's transition into uh, another one of these young rookies, these these young guys. Um, let's talk about uh, Tyler Harrow. How do you say hero. his last name? I, is that yeah. hero? It's like a hero. Like he's a hero. I think, no, I, I think the best thing for this kid is being around Jimmy Butler. I, I think that like Jimmy brings out the toughness in a lot of guys. I, I, I don't know. It's just some, like he brought, he brings out the toughness out of Joel Embiid. I don't know how he was able to do that, but he did. Um, and now Joel Embiid is like a tough guy. We're going to get to him later, but I think the best thing for this young kid is, is being around a guy like Jimmy Butler, a guy who's, who puts in a lot of work in time and time out. This guy can shoot lights out, like coming off screens, just straight cash. Like it, 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 it's really, Really exciting to watch. Um, this Heat team might surprise people. I kind of like how it's constructed. I kind of I love the leadership of Jimmy Butler. Um, I, I I I think this kid is gonna be a big piece for this team going down the line. I think he's gonna be able to pick up that that scoring that they that they might be missing um, from you know having a another star. Uh, but I think he'll be able to score effortlessly just because his shooting ability and it, it it's rangeless too like he he, he can no, really for shoot sure. um i think like he's very he's a very good scorer he's like i just think another thing with him like you said about jimmy butler but he just has that dog in him that killer in him already which is really impressive like you saw him talking mm-hmm. 
some uh, Michael Carter Williams. Like he was scoring. Dude, he bitched the shit out of Michael Carter Williams. Like Michael Carter Williams got bitched. To me, I don't know how you let that happen as a veteran. Like, how do you let a young kid like that bitch you on the floor? Right. Like, that's bad. And that's really bad. That's a like that's a bad like, jump. I saw last night when he was he scored nineteen in the second quarter of one of these games. And he was just at the yeah, free throw line. Nasty. He was telling people, "I'm that a bucket." Like he knows that he's good, and that like you need like that's something in the NBA that puts you over the top. And I think like a lot of the. He's a Calipari. He's a Calipari boy too. So you know those guys are dogs. Like Calipari, you can't be on like when you watch interviews and like you know those like those season documentaries of uh, Kentucky basketball. Calipari is a dick. Like he's a dick. But the guys know that he's being a dick out of love. Like it. That was a weird combination of words. But like he's like. He actually loves and cares about each and every one of them and wants the best for them. But the players know that he's just going to be tough. He's going to be an asshole, and he's going to be up your ass all day, right. every day. So I, I don't know. But that that's I think that's why he is where he is. And I think – wait, didn't he – I think he might have gone to the same high school as Jimmy Butler or I'm something like that. I can't – I don't think – I don't think that – I don't know exactly if that's 100% true. But um, it, nonetheless, they're like the same player. Uh, not the same player. They they have the same mentality. I uh, I think uh, who who was it? Um, uh, I was watching all the smoke that their podcast, and I think um, Stack told uh, said that he reminds him of uh, Booker. Oh yeah, he, Booker. No, he's nice. I mean, I think the reason I also think that this draft class is going to be special is just because there's they're not. A lot of the lottery picks in this year's draft are not scared. They're not timid. They're, they're not only that, but they they're confident, bordering on arrogant. Like they know what they can do, and they know what they're bringing to the table. Like we've we, like we've seen that from Zion. Like Zion knows. We can do. I don't think Zion's arrogant. Not arrogant I think that's like, one of the things like, I like about him. Having no fear and having complete confidence in what you are and what you can do, it's something that not everyone has at a very young age. Like I've seen that from RJ. I've seen that from. Z- Zion, I've seen that from Ja. Not from Cam. No, but we, not from that Cam was always Cam We saw it from Hero. Like, even PJ Washington game one just came out there and lit it up. Like, we, we – Yeah, yeah. Right. He's been hooping down in, like, uh, in Charlotte. Like, nobody's talking about it, but right. he's all, been hooping. Right. And all these rookies have that common thing. of They just have that dog in them, that killer in them. And, like, that's really impressive to see from a, from not only a few players, but, like, a lot of the lottery in this draft class. Well, I think a lot of these guys – they know, like, that's where that college game, it's not, it, it's just so pointless now because guys ba- are just using college to get ready for the league. Like, they're just working on that. And that's why a lot of these college systems are similar to NBA systems, running a lot of high pick and rolls. Uh, you still see a decent amount of zone in some, in some cases, but most teams are running, you know, man concepts and stuff like that. So, like, these guys are just, every year, they're just more and more prepared for for the league right. for the A. So. All right, so that went a little bit longer than y'all expected, but I bet y'all was entertained because who would not be entertained with me and Billy yelling at each other for twenty minutes? Anyway, <laughs> that's enough for the rookie. <laughs> I can't believe you. I can't believe you really talked bro, about. You were saying dumb. You were saying dumb shit, and I wasn't was gonna insane. let it rock. I can't do that, bro. You I never did. said that. you did. Anyway, anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the fucking bro, bro. The malice in the nah, the. The, the malice in Philly, bro. I, it's just so funny watching that whole thing unfold and the social media. Term. I don't know why Minnesota the has like a problem media with us, but they I don't do. even think it's a Minnesota having a problem with Philly. I think it's a lot to do with like the the way that Towns and Embiid are talked about, and like the contrast <laughs> between them. Like that's because Towns is a pussy, bro. I guess, but I feel like like. No, no, no. He is. You get he is. no. He Come is. on. Let's, let's be honest. Okay. Point, thank you. At thank some you. point, you can only push <laughs> push someone so far before they try to fight back. And that was Carl Anthony Towns' moment. Like, I can understand his frustrations. Like, being on that team when they're a team around, like your your lack of assertiveness might be the problem around you, but you're putting up ridiculous stat lines every night, and like your team is not succeeding, not putting the right pieces around you. Andrew Wiggins isn't stepping up, whatever the case may be, right? And then. You have Embiid, who, un, like, understanding that they, they're very they're, – I would take either of them to start a franchise. Um, they're very similar in my mind. I'm not putting one over the other just because they're both so versatile. I don't want to 
nitpick over the two. You're tripping. Um, I'm not. You're but tripping. I think that I think that that situation was just crazy to watch. Um, the, the news came out. If you all didn't hear, you probably did by now. But two game suspension for both Towns and Embiid. I'm surprised Simmons didn't get anything. Honestly. I just Simmons think- didn't do anything. Everybody was so hyped. You can see in the video that when they try to pull Simmons off of him, he's literally like, chill. Like, I'm just trying to, like, calm him the fuck down because he's hype as shit. And Towns is over here, like, hitting his toes against the right, floor but- like a three-year-old. Like, that's – like, that just made him look even more like a pussy. Bro, like, I'm sorry, but he did. Ground, like, it was just like – on your stomach and you're not fighting anybody? Why someone putting you in a headlock for Because yeah. he was acting like a enraged Bro, what, child. Right, what, 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 what caused this whole melee? Because he's soft and got scared and turned the ball over and got mad at Joel Embiid. Look, I can understand Carl Anthony Towns being mad because Andrew Wiggins isn't putting up enough numbers to help him out. He probably should have fought Andrew Wiggins, not Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is whooping your ass. If anything, you should try and, like, not let him be so intimidated, like, like not have him be so intimidated, intimidating towards you. Like, I don't know. Like, he shouldn't be able to affect your game that much. He came over on a double team, and he literally just lost the ball because he saw Embiid coming. Like, Embiid knows, like, you already know there's this notion about you being soft. Then when you play a guy who people say is clearly better than you because of his physicality, and his demeanor and you let them and you let that person still get in your head and essentially make you look like shit the whole even, game until that's you both got ejected. Like but look at his that, stats. Look no, at his stats that when, is he, when he came up because he didn't have, he didn't have, Bro, and but, he had right, way more stats few, than him. Right, he had thirteen points on five of seven, three of five from three, six boards, two steals in the block. He's shooting seventy one percent and sixty percent from three. He had that in the in the se- in the second half though in the third quarter but, when that happened. Okay, but that's like it was early in the second quarter, was it not? I mean, the third quarter was it not? And Bede had nineteen, five to five and that's two. That's not that much. Like, different. how that's did Bede have that much? That's like six points more, and he took more shots. And he took more that's shots. A, what? A, he was five of seven. Amount. He took way more shots. He was in. He was in the game longer. He played three more minutes than he didn't be did, bro. And he took. He took. He took double. He like, took double the shots about? that Towns took. Whose fault is that? You're, Towns you're is like the best like, player on their team. You're make, right, Why is he not taking the most? Like, is that he was locking him up or some shit? He was five of seven. Their stat lines were very similar. Their stat lines are basically identical, minus six more points. I'm. I wouldn't they are. say what do you very mean? He put, similar. And B put up 19, 5, 2, 1 steal. Towns put up 13, 6, an assist, a, two steals, and a block. Like, that's the same shit, minus like five points. I just. But that five points. Like, way more efficient. The, I'm saying that you're looking, at, you're looking at just the stats. I'm looking at the optics of the game. You could see it was just MB dominating down low. Like, Teague wasn't dominating Embiid. I mean, uh, Towns wasn't dominating Embiid. Embiid literally was backing him down, bullying him in the fucking post. So you're just looking at the stats. Yeah, oh, numbers like tell lies That's sometimes. Bad, yeah, no, RJ Barrett. Exactly, just like RJ Barrett. Um, numbers do lie for him. No, but, no, but, no, his no, NBA I, stats. <laughs> Funny. I mean, that was tight. that was clever though. That was very fucking clever. All night, but no. all pod. But no, but no, you're You've not been on bullshit this whole night. But it's okay. I'm letting you live. We can be to be frank with you. I'm all saying right. a lot of that's, things that make a lot that's of to be sense. debated by the audience, not us. Um, <laughs> but no, that was actually that had the NBA Twitter world on fire last night until shortly after that game, news came out that. Steph Curry broke his hands. Um, so that that sucks for the NBA as a whole just to not have one of their marquee players uh, not, not playing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see what D'Lo does now. It should be interesting. They're not going to do well. Um, I, Bro, they should tank. I was thinking Seriously. about that because if they do tank. They should tank. 
and they get Clay back next year, bro. They, look, and, this, and this is look. This is the thing. That's what I'm saying. This is the thing. If they tank, it's not they're You're not like a regular team tanking. You just have injuries in our tanking. That's a big difference, which means you can turn over this roster and make it to into a championship roster in right, like you can't, you can't one or two if, years. On on paper, it would be very hard for them to tank. Like when the Sixers and the Knicks, because like when the Sixers and the Knicks, How? Passed, there wasn't any front, there wasn't top, any like top level talent on those rosters at all. Like it was easy for them to do because they would just say, "Oh, we're developing our young players. We're playing like." Oh, they don't have any fucking bodies. No, no, no not to win, win in the, the West. West. I'm saying, Are you kidding Steph, me? Right, they have D'Lo. They're not, that's not gonna. That's not gonna do anything. But Steph, it's also a broken hand. Steph's not gonna. That's Steph's not. Gonna be out for like a month, you can't. You're not gonna tank for a whole season. No, he's gonna be. I think. Okay, but I think he's, he's back by. Months. He's back by December. You're not gonna tank January through April with Steph Curry on your team. That's not a thing. Like that's not, that's very hard to do. Yeah, but how but would they, they do that? Should. Would they just not play Steph? You can't really tank with Steph on your team. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Maybe and I don't think I don't think tanking his his ankles are fucking up again. I don't think I don't tanking know, is in tank, bro. I think Fuck this season. I think if they what tank, is the point? If they tank, so what is the point though? Draymond Green will walk into Steve Kerr's office and punch this dude in his face. I don't think he will because I think Draymond's smart and I think Draymond wants to ultimately go back to the but finals. They, but again. he's already confident and I think enough Draymond to wants say to that. But they have to sell them that. But this is what this is what being an organization is like. But sometimes they don't need you have to, to explain to, to your top guys. But they don't what the plan they don't, is. Though. They because do. They can easily. They do. They can easily get a pretty. Tell me, okay, answer me this. Answer me this. Is the way the team is constructed now with everybody healthy? Is that a championship team? Right, but the fuck wait, no. And the thing is, is that we're also forgetting is that D'Lo is not is a rental. They're gonna get they're gonna get assets and players for D'Angelo Russell at some point before Clay Thompson's return. I don't think that's a permanent situation, which is another thing to read. Why? I don't I think, think I, I like that. that. I think that slide Clay to the three. I think there's better fits threes. that they can go out and sign, especially if they move D'Angelo Where? Russell's contract at some point. I think they're more suited for better. Fits they're not suited. I think they're better if they have. Clay and Steph in the backcourt and a scorer on the wing rather than a defensive liability, two defensive liabilities in the backcourt and Clay at the three. It just limits what they can do, especially with Draymond at the four. But who is I'm the better saying, option? Like you're, you're talking about there's a better option out there, but I don't know what that option would that, be. I mean, not, not, a player, not a singular player comes to mind. I'm just saying in terms of like logistics and how it would work on the court. But that's what I'm saying. But, that, but that's kind of my point. My point is that the, there's nothing really – there's nothing out there that's better than what they kind of have right now in a D-Lo. All right. That's what I'm saying. I guess. That's going to be available and that they're going to be able to get to trade for D-Lo. I guess. That's true. Because everybody kind of just signed. You got Paul yeah, George Kawhi. They just signed. LeBron's, LeBron's locked in. Um, KD's locked in. Kyrie's locked in. Like The premier guys... James Harden's locked in. Russell's probably locked in, but that I don't even see that being a solid fit. Like most of the guys that would be solid fits there are locked in, are, are in contracts. So that's what I'm saying. The best option for them would to be easily just to tank. Throw this way, throw this season away because you're not fucking making it to the playoffs. You're not gonna be good enough. Tank the season, get a high draft pick, get a young, talented guy in there. And you go on from there, and then you try to make a run. You try and grab like a, a scoring forward or um, or a center, a dominant center, low post threat, and you add them to your team. That's the best situation for them. Them trying to trade D'Lo, that's not. Um, that's I don't think that's a viable option. There's nobody. Nobody's gonna take him, and you're not gonna get anything better than D'Lo out of the trade. So it, it it's um, pointless. I mean, that's fair. Unless you risk it and you risk trading D'Lo for but like get, a first get a uh, for a uh, first round pick, bro. A team that needs a point guard can get a from a shitty amount of draft capital. We'll give up for D'Angelo Russell. You're right. That's that's why that's what I'm saying. So you like might, you're talking, that might like, be if you're the only way. Like multiple draft picks and expiring contracts. I'm not mad at that if I'm the Warriors. Like, I'm really not. Yeah, there's, like I'm looking at the free agent okay. class. Like no one pops up the page. Um, but like 
if you can get like an auto porter on a reasonable contract to play the four, I think that's a great fit. Like the fans can shoot the three, fit him next to between Clay and Draymond. I think that'd be a great fit. Players like that could be interesting. I don't know. Just I, I think they definitely need to upgrade at Looney. Looney's good, but I don't think he's a starting center. I think he's a guy who comes off the bench. Right. He can help no, for you. sure. Um, so what story we got next for them, Billy? All right, so let's talk about Brooklyn. Brooklyn's next on our topic, our list of topics. This is our last topic of the night. Um, so let's talk about Kyrie. Dude, I don't know what's going on with him. This is just so weird. So there's reports coming out of Brooklyn and talking about you know, Kyrie's mood swings. One minute he's happy and wants to do everything right for the team, and the next minute he's doing his own thing. But, like, this is nothing new for Kyrie, am I right? No, this is, like you said, this is par for the course. Like, we know what we're going to get from Kyrie. Um, the only surprising thing here, really, is how early it came in the season. Um, three, four games in, it's very early to be hearing reports like this, no matter how the team is performing on the court. And it's actually really weird in general that this even got to the public uh, and to the press because that means someone from the organization leaked this. So it must be a genuine concern within the organization. Um, Kevin Durant said he's going to be hands-off with the situation. He's not going to talk to Kyrie even though that's his best friend because he says that he's an artist and let him do what he does because he knows he's going to come to the game and produce. Um, I just think this can serve a problem long-term because – like we talked about the potential problems with Brooklyn. Like, you had a culture in, in place. This culture lured, lured in free agents, and then you let the culture go to bring in these free agents. So it just these potential ramifications, and it's weird that it's already rearing its ugly head. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is weird. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Katie's not saying anything because he's kind of soft and he's not really a leader. Um. But Kyrie, this is like a weird thing that Kyrie's been going through these last few years. And I um, I think it's always been an attribute of him. Uh, Kyrie's not a natural-born leader. You know, some of those guys just exude that type of confidence and leadership qualities. And he's just not one of those guys, you know. <clears throat> guys like LeBron, um, you know, Giannis, uh, those types of guys, you know, they know how to lead a team. They know how to um you know put the team first and and gel with guys and um and just be a good teammate Ben Simmons as well but you know Kyrie just doesn't do that you know when he first came into the league he was just basically in Cleveland by himself getting buckets and his team wasn't winning like it was just really his stat line and that was about it and then when LeBron comes back uh it was cool at first and then you know he's kind of started to butt heads with Bron because he didn't want to hear what Bron had to say. He didn't want to get the mentor mentorship from Bron because he thought he knew everything. Uh, and, you know, he just thought he was this great player, which, you know, he is a great player. But uh, in terms of being a great teammate, that I'm not I, – I, I, uh, I can't agree with. I don't think he's a great teammate. I just think he has great talent. And there's, there's a difference between the two, and we have to realize the difference between the two. And I think that's why Kyrie has never been able to win by himself and why when he is – by himself and not with LeBron, you you see a different side of Kyrie. Yes, the talent is there, but you don't see um, him just – you, you don't see the success that you see with him and LeBron. And, of course, it's LeBron. Like, I get it. But at the same time, when do we start – when do we start putting some of this blame and, 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 um, and give, you know, Kyrie some of this credit of – not being able to lead a real team. Like he's had ample chances with multiple teams now. He had a chance with Cleveland. He's not he had a chance with Boston. That didn't work out. Like it's always not working out. There's always tension between him and a player. And at certain at some point it becomes not everybody else's fault and your fault. And you gotta look in the mirror. And I think that's where we're at now. Kyrie has to find a way to look in the mirror and and really determine okay, what am I doing wrong? Like, what is something that I have to handle? And I think this is, I think Kyrie is a very emotional person. And I think because since he is so emotional, it makes it just so difficult for him to handle those emotions. Like he talks about last season, the rift between him and his teammates on the court was more so because he didn't know how to handle those feelings that he had with his grandfather being lost and, and people just asking him about basketball and not even worrying about that situation of him losing his grandfather and how that affected him so much. I think that's the that's the root of this of this problem with Kyrie is that he just has a problem with handling his emotions, which a lot of people have a problem with. But I think until he actually, um, you know, 
states that this is a problem that he has and something that he has to actually work on and take the time to deal with, then, you know, we're going to keep seeing these types of things and these types of reports coming from him. Um, and, like, more on a basketball note, honestly, I just think it's also concerning that, like, last year we saw the Nets shock a lot of people. Like, I know you watched that series firsthand against Philly. Like, they were no pushover. Yeah. They were a good team. Um, like, their whole system was based on getting everyone involved, ball movement, et cetera. And now they asked Kenny Atkinson, what's wrong with the offense? Why is it not moving? He's like, we're just not – we're not moving the ball enough. The ball's sticking. Uh-huh. Our offense is stagnant. And even though D'Lo is kind of a – can be an ISO-heavy player at times, that wasn't a problem last year. But Kyrie comes in and it's, it's different. And I, I think they'll figure it out. A lot of that has to, probably has to do with chemistry, learning each other's spots. Because like we said, there are a lot of new guys. So we need a larger sample size to see if that's really the case. But we saw a similar – tail in Boston last year. So I just need to keep an eye on yep. if that if this continues and persists. Uh well I'll give I'll give them benefit of the doubt in more time. But we, we really don't know until we see but this maybe is, December, January of if if they're winning games and how their offense looks overall. No, yeah, I definitely I I, I, I guess I, I agree to a certain extent, but Boston told me everything because you got a guy. You got first off, you got a lot of young talent there too. You got those aren't established players in the league. That was a chance for Kyrie to really mold that team to what he wanted it to be, and for Brad Stevens to really mold that team as he wanted it to be too. But you saw, I think that the 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 implementation, uh, the implications that that Kyrie brings are detrimental to the overall success of the team because when you added Kyrie to a Boston team that ran a good system and there was a lot of ball movement and um, there was a lot of different guys scoring at a high clip and it made it very hard for defenses to key on onto just one player it was very hard to stop them when you add Kyrie into the mix and he's the focal point of the offense and he's getting a lot of the shots it then makes it easier for the defense to defend you and it you know, it doesn't allow other guys to get into a rhythm and get shots off. Like, that sh- that shit matters. Like, when guys are standing and going up and down the court and not touching the rock and aren't involved in the game, they, it, they feel isolated. They're not – they're cold. They're on, the, they're on the floor, but they're cold. They're not ready to hit shots. So you got to get teammates involved, and you got to make them feel like they're a part of the game in order for, in order for you to be able to count on them in crunch time. And I think that's one of the things that Kyrie struggles with is that – he worries about getting his own, which, you know, he should and he has the ability to. But I think he also has to focus more on his teammates and connecting with them more and getting them more involved in the game. So when you need them in crunch time, when they're doubling you off the pick and roll, you have they have the confidence to hit that shot because they've been shooting throughout the game. No, for sure. I also think that what the real the real measure of Kyrie and and his leadership, et cetera, will come in the end of the season when we see where Boston ends up as compared to the Brooklyn Nets. I also think that this really this this next year or two really will be a referendum on on Kyrie and his career. Like we'll, we'll see what KD is when he's back. I think that if KD is back to being the KD that we know and love, that it'll be perfect because we, we hope because, but I don't know. That that Achilles thing is like a hit or miss. Right. So we don't know, but I'm saying if we if he gets to that point where he's himself again, like I think that that's a perfect case scenario for the Nets and Kyrie. Just because we saw with LeBron, well, that'll save Kyrie for sure. I think he's more because when you got a when you got a star like that and and KD to lean on, that's that helps you and that bodes well for you tremendously. But, right, but, but that team also still needs a leader because neither of those two are leaders. And true, we true they, like the the third person that big three was DeAndre Jordan, but like he's near wash at this point. Um, yeah, that's and he's not, he, he's on his last life. Yeah, he's really <laughs> struggling out there, um, not playing defense like he used to. Um, Remember when he used to be nasty, like that's Lob City shit? And like when he got, like, that's what I expected when how, he got traded. Can we this. not, can we just reference this? Can we just talk about this a little bit? How the fuck did the Clippers not win a championship with that team? I think, Matt Barnes I just, and all those guys, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. I think Blake Griffin was the reason why they never won. I He was always hurt. He was always hurt, but his game also wasn't expanded. Like he got a lot, I think he got a lot better since he left the Clippers. Like I think his game, uh, his all around game is a lot better now. Like his handles a lot better, his shooting ability is a lot better. He can even shoot up the uh, dribble when he needs to. I think to. it's, I think it's, I think it's kind of similar. I'm not even gonna hold no, you. Like, I do think he got better in in, in certain situations and in, in certain areas, but for the most part, I think he's still the same player. 
Um, I just don't know how that team didn't win, bro. I just don't fucking know. I used to that love that team in 2K. That team was I did. Oh, my God. I love that team because defensively, they, they were just Redick phenomenal. And Jamal Crawford. That team was not nah, a team. That team was crazy. Right, bro. That's what I'm saying. They had fucking pieces. I don't know. They had Doc Rivers as a head. Like, bro, they had everything. No, they really Inside did. game. Outside game. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't get it. But <clears throat> that concludes our last uh, our last segment for the pod. Um, good, good, good pod tonight. Definitely good pod. Uh, I think we're gonna enjoy this one. Hope you guys enjoy this. If y'all like yelling, I thought it was good. like yelling and arguing. This is a good podcast. <clears throat> well, I don't know why you were yelling and arguing. You're just talking out your ass. But that, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm not. That's a regular I'm not, occurrence I'm not get for mad you again, though, because I know, I know, I know but Mike, you always are more, are smarter than Billy is, and will hear the hear the facts <laughs> and arguments that have been presented by both parties and make a a calculated and intelligent decision. Um, straight bullshit. And, but make sure y'all follow me on uh, on Twitter and Instagram at BillTrice31. Um, um, yeah, and you got... Make sure you show love to the pod, too. Like, make sure y'all share that yeah, shit. Yeah, y'all got to know anybody who likes the NBA, send it their way. Tell them to share it. Um, follow me on social media on Twitter at DJSmoothie17. Also, we also got... To hear more bullshit about the fucking Knicks and RJ OD, for sure. Um, <laughs> and we also got... A newly minted, made brand new today Twitter account for the podcast. Gang, gang. So make sure y'all go follow. follow. It's it's at B Ball Brains Pod on Twitter. That's B Ball Brains Pod. Um, we can start posting links up there. Um, content. You can DM us, ask us questions, whatever you need to do just to interact with us. Um, we also yeah, might tweet our takes up there sometimes for when we're not recording. We don't have a pod, and we want to get our thoughts out on there real quick. We have the that outlet to get to you guys, but but for sure, that's it. Um, the NBA is underway. Things are getting interesting already. Things are getting heated, as you can tell by me and Billy, and by Cat and Embiid, and all the. You know, see a long fucking. It's gonna be a long season, season. A lot of yelling. A lot of hot takes. A lot of Billy being stupid. But that's why y'all tune in, and we got time for it, right? <laughs> all right, but thanks for listening, y'all. We'll catch y'all next week. Until then, peace. Yo. Peace, motherfucker.